What is going on, FML? And we are back with FML Total Access. It's the season 19, episode 2. I got my guy, Jerome, with me. What's going on? So listen, man, we back with a podcast, mid-season podcast. This is probably my favorite podcast of the year, the mid-season one. We touch up on everything, make some predictions. So let me just go over the topics really quick, and then we can get this started, man. So uh, mid-season podcast topics, same as usual. Uh, we got NFC plus AFC standings, weeks one through nine. And we're going to go over the top ten power ranking. We're going to make some mid-season playoff predictions. Usually we go over, you know, smooths or or somebody else's. But we're going to make some hot takes, man. We're going to make some uh, playoff predictions. Uh, and contender or pretender and then we got fact or fiction so it's going to be is taco losing control of the nfc east so let's let's dive straight into it man nfc afc standings talk to me yeah uh it's been a wild season so far but i'm enjoying the cycle a lot uh and so i want to just get into to the nfc right now and this nfc race is close uh you know three teams made the playoffs last season and right now we got the vikings at six and three the Packers at six and three, and the Bears at four and four. So those are the top three spots. Lions, two and seven. Really, not much to mention about them. Um, but for for the Vikings and Packers to be up there right now, that that's pretty big tied position. And and DZ just had actually a pretty solid win over Doc in order to take the lead in the division, even though they have that tie. So uh, definitely competitive, and expect to see at least two teams, if not three teams, out of that division for the playoffs. Yeah, and the NFC is it's it's deep, man. It's deep. It's a lot of, of squads. You got the Pan- Panthers at eight and two. You got the Cards up there, and like you said, the the um that division right there is just ridiculous with the Vikings. That North Division, that NFC North Division, is just deep, man. And the Lions really struggling right now. So really, he's not. He doesn't really come into play at all. But when you got three teams in a division. That we've seen, we've seen what Bus did last playoff run. As soon as he got in, um, we've seen what Packers could do winning the Super Bowl. We've seen Vikings making the Super Bowl of real dominant that, that first season, and and still with that consistency. So anything could happen. So NFC is just super deep. Uh, you can take a look at the NFC East also. Uh, we got the WFT at six and three, and then we got the next two teams, uh, Giants and Eagles, that tied at five and four, one game behind. So it's 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 tough, man. The NFC, the NFC looks really really good. It does, and you know we, we we continue to see. I feel like the NFC teams start to shuffle a little bit each season on like who's the top two in each division, who's competitive in the NFC. It's starting to move around a little bit. And other teams are starting to get themselves into the mix while others start to fall off. But this is a good one. Um, the NFC West, you know, the Cards are at 7-2. and two. Seahawks are right behind them at 5-3. and three. The 49ers are at 4-4. Four and four. And interestingly enough, the Rams are at 4-5, and five, uh, last in the division. And that's honestly kind of a shock to me. Yeah, and when you got a, guy, a coach like Estrada, you know, who's won two Super Bowls last cycle, and you got him at 5-4-5, and um, four and five, that just says enough of how deep the NFC is. You know what I mean? So, and the Bears also who won some big playoff games at four and four. So it's just it's a it's a toss up right now that that whole that whole thing. Um, let's. I just want to touch real quick on the NFC South, right? So you got the Falcons at six and two. The Panthers are uh, seven and two. 
And the Bucks has won a couple games too. The Bucks, you know, were falling behind, and they they they're on a four win streak right now at um five and four. So it's like, man, any anything could really happen right now. It's just it's just tight. Everybody's a game behind. You lose one or two games, you know, you could fall all the way to the bottom. You know, out of the out of the bubble in the playoffs. So everything is just tight. Everybody's just a game behind, literally. Yeah, and this is how the NFC South looks a little bit. Season one, we saw the the Falcons, Panthers, and Bucks all compete um, for a playoff contention. Falcons got a new coach with a whole new roster since then. Um, but Panthers, Falcons, and Bucks right now all competing to see who who could uh, make the playoff spot. Yeah. All right. So yeah, let's let's go over to the opposite side, the AFC. We got the Browns at six and two, the Jags at six and two. Uh, we got the Bills at six two and one. The Chargers are also uh, six and two, and then we got that after that four. Then we got guys, you know, two game behind. So you got that top half, and then you got the bottom half. But it's still a, a, a tight race, regardless, because the, the bottom half guys two games behind isn't anything. You know what I mean? So right. if the Bills drop two games, being said they also got a tie, they could fall out. The Jags drop two games. You know the Chargers. Drop anybody, you know, two games is, is is really simple and easy to lose. So everything could completely, you know, switch around. So it's, it's still a tight race here. And we got those – we've seen those three, four team ties to try to make playoffs in both divisions. So with things being this tight, one or two games behind, man, anything could happen, like I said again. Yeah, anything and – I feel like that tie for the Bills may come back and hurt them um, as the season goes on because they've lost a couple of, of key games. But the Chargers at 6-3 and three right now, leading the AFC West, right? The Broncos right behind them at 4-4. Four and four. The Chiefs notably at 4-6, and six, uh, you know, just with some, some issues there. But uh, and the Raiders at 2-7. and seven. The Raiders looked like they were going to look pretty strong starting off this season, and they started to have a bit of a dip off um, within the last few weeks. So I'm pretty surprised to see them last right now in that division. And the Raiders and the Raiders thing is the Raiders have an 89 overall rated team because they had an extremely, I would probably say the best offseason, you know, picking up a lot of big, a big time players, pass rushers. You know what I mean? So it's 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 just a tough thing to see. And then we talk about it's just a competition, man. And when you have a team like that and you still can't find ways to win, uh Bengals falling out too, struggling. The whole QB situation, you know, getting rid of Carr and trying to start off with it, 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 it just shows, man. The competition is, is too deep to try to play with fire like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And like you said, anything could happen if you lose two games. But at this point in the season, we are getting closer to the playoffs, right? So you definitely want to be on your best, stay on point. When you're two and seven, though, you're basically out of the race. Um, but another close division right now is the Jaguars six and two. I wouldn't say it's close for the top spot, but the Titans and Texans are competing for that number two spot, both at four and five, and the Colts behind them at two and seven, who had a strong showing last season. I think he was right at about five hundred uh, or just below. So surprising to see him last as well. But not everybody can be, you know, one through three in the division. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, so yeah, that's that's just gonna wrap it up for the for the standings. Uh, we're going to get into our next topic, the top 10 power rankings. Mm-hmm. So let me just go over real quick. We got the Panthers at number one at seven and two. 
We got the Browns at six and two at the number two spot. We got the Cardinals at seven and two also um, at the number three spot. We got the Jags at six and two, the Bills at six and two and one. You're saying and one is is ridiculous. It's funny to me. <laughs> then we got the Vikings at six and three. We got the Chargers at six and two at number seven. And at the eighth spot, we got the Packers at six and three. And at the ninth spot, we got the Falcons at six and two. And we got WFT with the last spot, number 10, at five and three. This is probably one of the few times that I wouldn't really change up this power ranking too much. Normally, there's a couple of teams out there that I feel like could replace some others or we could do some shuffling. But this is pretty spot on. Um, I could see Jaguars being above cards. That's probably the only thing. Um, but but overall, I think this is a pretty solid power ranking. It's nice to see the Chargers move their way in now to the top 10. Falcons having a strong showing at number nine. However, they didn't have a beaten team over above 500 um, throughout this season. It's been a, a, a slightly easy schedule for them. And, and WFT starting to move his way back into the top 10 as well. So um, it's definitely a solid group right now. But we, I think we've said it every single time. This list looks different every podcast. Yeah, exactly. It just this it just changes around all the time, and it goes to show uh, the competition and the competitiveness in the league. Man, everybody is is, is on their A game right now. So, like you said, I can see the the Jags maybe a little bit higher. I could also see the Chargers uh, and the Packers a little bit higher. Man, seeing after seeing Falcons on here is definitely a big surprise. And like I said, it goes to the competitiveness, uh, the competitive nature of the league. Um, Falcons after starting off last season, what like two and eleven? Mm-hmm. Now they come in and they're six and two. They got their guy uh, Deshaun Watson at the helm, so you know that's that's been proved fruitful for them. This just a, a really nice list. You can see a lot of things probably change around the next couple of weeks, but but like we said, man, it's it just it changes every time. Every time this list could look completely different. You know, within the within the list, obviously, it could look it could look completely different. Somebody could drop two games and drop all the way down to the bottom. Right. Somebody could go on a winning streak and win out the rest of the season and move all the way to that top spot. So anything could really happen. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll see this shuffle up a little bit again towards the end of the season, especially when we get close to the playoffs, man. It's going to be interesting to see who makes it and who doesn't, especially with some tight races going on in both conferences. So this will this will move around a little bit, but I feel like some of the head-to-head matchups that we've seen so far throughout the season, like Vikings and Packers, that probably dictated right now where the Packers are, is in this list um, and, and some others as well. But just a solid list overall. Yeah, definitely. So we could get into our next topic again. That touches anything you would change about the the power ranking, really quick before we move on. Mm. Looks good, right? Yeah, it looks it looks pretty solid. Like I said, I I wouldn't move it around too much. It, usually, I like to shuffle it around. There's a few teams that might move in, but this is a pretty solid group right now. I don't think I would change this. Besides, maybe one team up here and another team down. Uh, but that's really it. Yeah. All right. So let's get into our next topic: midseason playoff predictions. Mm. You want go for it? Let's. Yeah. Let's. We're just gonna talk about right now. We got. Uh, let me go check this real quick. All right. So right now we got in the playoff in the playoff race. Um, you can start. You could go ahead. NFC playoffs. 
NFC playoffs. Okay, so I feel like NFC right now, that number one is up for grabs. Um, it's 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 up for grabs. There's a lot of competitive teams with two losses right now, but I'm gonna go ahead and make a bold prediction that I think the Carolina Panthers are gonna once again be the number one team in the NFC uh, for playoff seeding. Uh, they just look phenomenal. They've beaten a couple of, of high-ranked teams as well. They beat the Cards already, who's in, in competition to be in the number one spot. Packers and Vikings are right there. Vikings did beat them, but right now they're currently ahead of um, of the Vikings. So, But I could just – the way that Aponte and the Panthers are controlling their division and the way that they're able to compete with other high and competitive users in this division, I'd give them the number one spot. Um, moving on to number two, I could see number two – Mm, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Uh, I got to go with cards. Cards, I could see being number two. And then right after number two, I think it's pretty simple. It's it's a toss-up at number three between Vikings and Packers, um, between those two teams, whoever comes out on top. And number four, I'm going to lock in WFT uh, as the winner of the NFC East, right? So this is where it's going to start to get a little crazy, though, is this wild card seasons, um, you know, five, six, and seven. And – I think here it, it's pretty much almost guaranteed right now that the Falcons will be at number five. Uh, I think there's a good chance that we may see the Packers at six and seven is really going to come down to who wants it more. The Bucks, Seahawks, Giants, Eagles, or 49ers. Uh, even the Rams are still kind of in the competition and the Bears. So, uh, But I'm going to give number seven to – Seattle, uh, I think Seattle's got the best shot. They're kind of on a downward slope right now, but um, I think they're going to pull it together, going to get their way into the playoff seedings, uh, being able to compete, and I think they're going to they're going to move their way right into the NFC playoff bracket. Yeah, and I I, I agree with you, man. I could see I could see the same thing happening. Um, between at number one between Carolina and Arizona, it's like a it's like a toss up. Even though Carolina beat the um, Carolina beat uh the cards. It, I feel like it could still it could still change. The cards yeah. could win win a few more games. But I'm I'm gonna lock I'm gonna lock Carolina in at number one. At number two, being with Arizona's defense, I can see them dropping a little bit. Actually, mm. to be to be honest, I can see them dropping to that three spot. And depending on uh Packers and Minnesota, I can see them moving up to that two spot uh in place of Arizona. So I'm going to put Arizona at three, and I'm going to lock Minnesota in at number two. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going I'm to lock Minnesota in at number two, put Arizona at number three. So first round, wild card round, we could see Vikings and Seattle because the, at number seven, I don't, I don't really think anybody else gets in. Um, Philly's obviously doing well, but it's just they're too inconsistent. Uh, same thing for the Giants. They'll win a big game, and then the next game they'll lose to, you know, some random, uh, you know, just a random opponent that that they had no business losing. It was their game to lose. Yeah. So it's just the inconsistency, inconsistency. Why I can't, you know, uh, hang it, hang my hat on them. So, yeah, like I said, Minnesota at number two, Arizona at number three. Um, with the inconsistency in the NFC East, I'm gonna lock Washington in at number four. The Falcons, I can see the Falcons drop to drop to seven two though, mm. but their their schedule is is 
is pretty easy, man. I think the the hard part of their schedule, the last two games that they had, obviously they got a couple a couple bangs coming up. They got the Bucks still, uh, they got the Jaguars still. So actually, I could see I could see them falling to six. Actually, I don't see them staying at five. Not not above the uh, Green Bay. So I could I could see them staying at five and Seahawks at seven. So that's how I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go Carolina at number one, Vikings at number two, Arizona at number three, Washington at four. Green Bay at five, uh, Falcons at six, and Seattle at seven. Yeah, it's a solid list. Like you said, I, I could see the Falcons falling too. Um, but them even losing their playoff seeding really depends on how well the Bucks do going forward. They've won four in a row, um, and they beat a, uh, you know two teams that we just mentioned that are in the playoff uh, seedings. But they got a couple of more playoff teams along the way with a much tougher road ahead. Um, probably than, than Atlanta. So I, it, they'd have to be really consistent and pull through some tough games and also beat, you know, some teams that they probably need to beat because they're known for dropping games, um, like coming up just short against people that they probably should have beaten um, or teams that they should have beaten. Bucks could only probably drop two more games. Yeah. Because I can see Atlanta, you know, dropping a few in a row, especially being said, they got to play the Bucks, right? And th- and that game came down to the wire, um, and and that was shit. The Bucks were struggling, struggling really bad. I think they were like two and four at the time, or one and four at the time. Mm-hmm. So them being better and improving momentum is a big thing in Madden, in life, in anything, in all sports. Momentum is a big thing, and you can take a win into another game. So the Bucks being on a four win streak. Uh, that could be that could be some trouble for the Falcons, but yeah, that was that was my NFC. Um, let's go over to the NFC. I mean the AFC playoff <laughs> predictions. You want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. All right, so I'm gonna have to lock in. See, we we had a GDP that had to end. Obviously, <laughs> waiting on the outcome of that game, and I feel like that dictates a lot of what's gonna be going on. Um, in these playoffs teams, but with the nature of how this division, that both divisions look for the Jaguars and the Browns, I'm going to have to count Mack in at the number one for now until, until I see something that could shift him. His schedule is not as tough after his GDP uh, game. Obviously he's got to play Iota again. Iota always brings his best versus Mack. Um, despite what we saw in that blowout <laughs> recent in the season, but I'm going to have to lock in at Mac. I can't count out Mac. You know, he's he's a six-time champ. I'm going to lock him in at number one. But with that being said, I'm definitely going to lock in the Jaguars at number two. Um, I feel like those two teams, either, either way, it could it could be a toss-up between one and two, between both of them. Um, and so I'm going to lock in the Jags at two. This is going to be interesting to see what may happen with the AFC West and the AFC East. Um, I'm going to have to lock in the Bills at three and put the Chargers at four only because there may be a factor where the Chargers drop a game and that tie is going to play a factor for the Bills where they don't have as many losses as the Chargers because they have a tie, right? And so that means they're going to just be above them marginally, uh, you know, by a smidge. I don't like ties, but that's how it works. Uh, If you don't have as many losses as that team, then you're going to be ahead of them. So um, I want to give Bills number three, Chargers number four, this is where it gets tough, right? Uh, because 
I really don't feel like any teams in the wild card bracket right now have proven to us that they're playoff competitors besides mm. the Ravens. Um, but the Ravens are struggling right now. I feel like they've, they've lost a lot of their identity uh, with some of the pieces that they've lost in the offseason. But with that being said, I'm going to lock them in at five uh, only because they're a clear-cut favorite for, for playoff um, competitiveness in the past. They've, they've made it deep playoff runs in, in both first of the, the two seasons of the cycle. So uh, I'm going to put them at five. And right now we're going to have to just make some bold predictions for six and seven. Uh, Come on, let's hear it, man. Bold predictions. Let's see. <laughs> let's I'm not, I, can't, I can't put the Chiefs in here. The, the Chiefs are right now on our radar. They've had some suspensions going on. Um, I think they're going to kind of just play this season out uh, where they're at. Uh, they're very capable of making a comeback from a four and six start. Very capable. We've seen it before. They can get hot at any minute. Um, but I think they're gonna they're gonna keep under the radar. I'm gonna go ahead and put the Texans at, at six, and I'm gonna say that because of how competitive the Chiefs are, despite that radar, they're gonna be able to topple out the Broncos, the Titans, and the Dolphins, and they're gonna get number seven. Mm. Okay, you think so? You think the Chiefs get those wins with those suspensions and stuff that come up? I do, yeah. No one, no one. I mean, I can see it. Yeah, I just don't see anybody else in the AFC giving that competitive edge to get that momentum to get to the playoffs. Titans look good right now. I'll give Titans this; they look good. Um, but they've lost a couple of close games that I feel like are gonna come back to bite them. Um, as the season goes on, closer to the playoff race. So, Dolphins have uh been discouraging all cycle. They keep letting me down, so I'm not even gonna bother trying to put them in a playoff spot anymore. (laughs) <laughs> they got to prove to me they can make it. Broncos are just too inconsistent, and that, that tie is going to hurt them. Pats have a tie on their record. Uh, they're still a new user there. So, yeah, I, I got to give it to the Chiefs. Okay. I like that. That's a bold one. I, I want like to hear what you got to say about this because, like I said, that five, six, and seven spot right now, there's a bunch of under 500 teams competing for it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's the tough part. Let me go over the easy part, one through four. So, Cleveland, I'm going to lock them in at number one, man. I don't I don't see any, any more threats on their schedule. They got the Jags coming up, which could be a good game. But, obviously, um, Cleveland usually wins that outcome with the Jags, if you, if you want to talk about history. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to lock Cleveland in at number one. I'm, I'm going to lock Jacksonville at number two. I feel like. The Jags, the Jags are just hot right now, and I feel like they just locked in every game. If you watch their games, every game you could see. Uh, last season around this time, they had about over twenty interceptions. Right now, they're about a little less than ten. So I can see the Jags staying at number two. I'm gonna leave the Chargers at number three. Ooh. I know you say you probably put Buffalo there, but the reason why I'm not, Buffalo still got to play Browns. WFT, Panthers, they got to play Giants, but the Giants, like I said, inconsistently hit and miss. They could win that game. The Giants can still win that game. Right. So we've seen them win a lot of big games, especially late down in the stretch. So being said this is a late game, Giants could be uh, desperate backs against the wall and might need this win, and and they could could obviously pull it out. They just are inconsistent. But when them big games come up, they make it happen. So I could see Buffalo probably dropping down to five. 
And then oh. I can see. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get oh, both. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, who? Buff- so who moves into the? So this means that there's a new AFC East title winner. Who is that going to be? You see, and that's the that's the thing too. Uh, Miami has the third place uh, schedule or the second place schedule, mm. so they got a little bit of easier schedule. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get that bowl. Let me go back to let me go back on what I said. <laughs> I'm not gonna get that bowl. Got to backtrack here. Yeah, I ain't gonna, you know, sell myself on the. Then I gotta apologize to somebody else. So. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go back on that. We're gonna lock the Bills in. Okay. And so Chargers at three, Bills at four. Yeah, because okay. they got that that easy division. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna lock them in. But they got a tough schedule ahead. So they do. Yeah. And those and next those four games that I listed, those are tough. Like like I said, the only reason why I have them ahead of the Chargers is only because I feel like their division. Their division and yeah, the Chargers. Yeah. Division play, even though they're right now struggling, they play the Chargers tough every single time. That's a really competitive division inside itself, despite whatever games they have outside of um, their division games. So, um, it just may come down to the fact that that Bills pull out a couple of wins, and for whatever reason, they just don't have as many losses as the Chargers because of that one tie. So, yeah, so I'm gonna lock Chargers in at three still though, because they only play Vikes. The, all the rest of their games after the Vikings is under 500 teams. Mm-hmm. So I'm a lock Chargers in at three. So we go Browns, Jacksonville, Chargers, Buffalo, and then I'm a lock Baltimore in. They obviously they're probably out of all the rest of these teams, they're probably the most inconsistent. Um, consistent mm-hmm. in terms of making playoffs and winning games late down the stretch. So I'm a lock Baltimore in. Here's the hard part: six and seven. <laughs> right, <laughs> six and seven is the hard part. I'm I'm gonna take Miami out. Yeah, you got to. I'm gonna take Miami out. Tennessee and Houston. Mm. Come Man, on, I, man. I'm gonna say two. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three teams make it from the AFC South. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just what? say Tennessee's playing really well, and I don't see anybody else that's gonna play better than Jumper right now. To be honest, um, obviously. The Patriots are, are still struggling. They're still new. They're still getting their feet wet in the league. You know, this is their first season. They probably got, like, what, three, four games under their belt. Right, so, yeah. So I, so I don't see them making it right now. I know you said the Chiefs, but with those with those weapons that they lost for the rest of the season, I just can't. Like, it can happen. Being said, the list of the guys that we have at 8, 9, and 10. But I, I, just, I just don't see it happening. So I'm going to lock in Tennessee at 7. And then Houston, I mean Tennessee at six and Houston at eight, uh, seven. I could see that happening. Honestly, that's probably what I would have went with if I didn't say the Chiefs. Um, I just feel like Ocho in the past has played really well with adversity and it's around the horizon, right? That adversity just coming up on that team. The first season, he had, I think he started off what one and four. Yeah, 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 and he he came back from that. He lost a couple of games in the middle of the season, but he still pulled through and got himself um the division title to to make the playoffs. So, um, with him making the playoffs the first two seasons, I just got to give him that competitive edge over the other two right now. But I could very well see it going your way, though. That probably would have been actually that is probably actually that's the other option I would have went with if I wouldn't have picked Chiefs. 
Yeah, I think it it could go either way, and I, I'm looking forward to going over it at the end of the season and, and see how it it comes, what the outcome is. So that's gonna wrap up the playoff predictions. We're gonna go over our next topic: contender or pretender. This this is a topic that get a lot of people when they in their feelings. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had to apologize to a few people for my contender pretending the last time because I was wrong. My pretender ended up winning the Super Bowl, which is insane. So <laughs> but I'm I'm this one I'm I'm confident this one ain't winning the Super Bowl. I guarantee you're gonna have pre- to go first then because now I'm interested. I want to hear this one. Alright so you want to start off with pretender first? Yeah go ahead. Alright so let's get in straight into it man. My pretender is the Falcons. Mm. I know they six and two right now, and they look really good on paper. But I'm gonna tell you why. You know, everything, all my statements, I back it up with nothing but facts. All right. So right now, the Falcons are the thirtieth ranked offense. But listen to the weapons that they have on offense. When you got these type of weapons and you can't even crack the top half offensively, it's no way you're going to go into playoffs and, and, and dominate and make it into those later round divisional conference rounds. So he's a pretender to me. So he got Devontae Adams, Kyle Pitts, Ridley, and Deshaun. So we're talking about three of those players I just listed are X-Factor, right? Mm. And he has the 30th ranked defense right now. So, uh, I mean, offense. My oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he has the 30th ranked offense. Defense looks really good at number two. But why I think it's number two, he hasn't beaten anybody over 500. So, I feel like he it's, things has been sweet for him right now. Yeah. Um, he's played the Patriots, who we it was another user who had him, who was only one in, one in four, I think, or one in three at the time. So, that was an easy win. He played Bucks, who was struggling really bad. I think they was like two and uh, one and four actually, because they're on a four win streak, which we mentioned. So the Bucks were actually one and four when they played the Falcons. So I know some people would say, "Yo, but the Bucks are over five hundred. No, at the time they were struggling, and the Falcons took advantage of that, which anybody else would, of course. Yeah, but came down to the wire too, like with the, the struggling exactly with the struggling Bucks. It was the last play that went in the game. They didn't even have the lead at the time. So the Saints who they struggle with every game. Um, It's only probably like a one possession, maybe 10 points they win by. So the Saints, who are three and six, uh, they beat the Bears, who was two and four, struggling also. Um, They beat – they had the Saints again, so that's twice. And then they beat the Texans in week nine, who they barely made it out of that game. Like, I feel like – the Texans lost that game more than the Falcons won that game. If you watch that game, you know, Texans. They I gave, feel like they gave it away for sure. Yeah, took yeah. his brain out and put it at the at the uh, <laughs> at the side of him and just played without a, a whole brain. So, um, yeah, basically that's it. That's you know, under five hundred teams. Uh, and when they have played five hundred teams, they got absolutely smacked. They lost twenty six to seven. Uh, to the Packers. So we're talking about the number two defense, uh, allowing 26 points. Panthers beat them 35 to 13. And the Panthers had like 28 at the half. And the Texans also, who's struggling on offense with no QB, scored 35 points on them. So 
against 500 teams, there's 61. The score differential is 61 to 20. So that's wow. just uh, it's, it's when you look at the numbers, man. When you crunch the numbers up, you, you it, when you look at the numbers that I just listed, how is the team six and two? That really tells you right there how they haven't played anyone. They haven't beat anyone credible yet. And the teams that they beat, that's you know looking solid. They got a few wins now. They were struggling really bad at the beginning of the season. Didn't have any identity. Right. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. Um, it's tough and. It's crazy to me that they have those weapons and that they're the 30th spot right now, um, offensively and statistically. Like, that's crazy. But you can see it. We, we saw it when they played the Texans, when they played the Bucks, um, when they've played actually any team. Their offense is chuck and pray. Uh, you know, they take a lot of one-on-one shots, even sometimes throwing some shots in double and triple coverage. But they have the the athletes to come down with the passes, right? And that's all, a lot of the times how they're actually getting a lot of their points. Kyle Pitts will get a seam route and take it all the way down to the red zone, and they're right there. Um, and from there, they just have to score. So it's not like they're doing anything phenomenal. They're not having huge drives. They're just taking shots downfield. And uh, the Texans are a lot, like, a lot like that as well. There's a couple of teams that do that. The Packers do it, but they're very effective with it, and they can also um, – maneuver their offense around it into other areas. But that's really all the Falcons do offensively. They just take shots downfield um, and Texans. Um, so that's actually how they, they beat the Texans. Both teams just took shots back and forth. So um, I can, I can kind of see why, but with the personnel that, that they have, like you said, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be that low. Um, but when, when you're beating under 500 teams, I can see why you have the number two spot. They've had a couple of teams go 30 plus, um, points on them in the season and yeah that, that's tough to respond to their schedule isn't too tough going forward they play a couple of tough teams like they got the Jags they do play the Bucks again um even though the Cowboys are struggling I feel like the Cowboys could possibly pull it off you can never really count out the Rams no matter how bad they're doing Panthers Vikings um so this this schedule could flip the other way but with how many wins they have right now it, they may not it may not hurt them to lose like five or six games as the season goes on. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. They could still possibly make playoffs depending on how well other teams do. But that's not a bad pretender. Now I'm going to roll into mine, right? I, what, it would have been the Texans, in my opinion. That, that would have been my pretender. But I really don't think they're a contender or in contention at all. So there's no point in bringing them up. Um, so I got to go with the Giants. Right, and it's not due to like statistics. It's not due to, um, you know, just them being terrible or they've had like a super easy schedule. It's gonna come down to what they have going forward. Um, usually, I, I take the time to do pretender and I just light a team up um, <laughs> about what's wrong with them. Like I've I've done it with quite a few teams, right? And there's been a lot of hurt feelings, but most of the time I've been I've been right about it. There's been a, a handful of times where I'm wrong, but Giants. Uh, this is going to be a tough road ahead for them, right? They're already one and three inside their division, okay, and they're five and five. So when you're in the NFC and you're five and five, like you said about the Bucks earlier, you can really only lose about six games. Um, and so I'm gonna tell you right now their schedule, and you you can probably tell me if you think they're gonna lose more than six games. So they got the Panthers, they got WFT, they got the Seahawks. And they got the Bills. Those are really the only four teams I'm going to mention. The other teams I feel like are capable of losing to them. The Eagles, I'll bring up there as well because they've already lost to the Eagles, right? So that's right there. 
five teams that more than likely is going to beat you unless you figure out a way to win. So that's 10 losses right there. Um, so mm. that's tough, man. It's a tough schedule late in the season. So for you to be five and five, as you approach the toughest part of your schedule, you just, you can't really, you got to step up, right? To me, I haven't seen enough from the Giants to show that they're going to step up and make it um, happen. I think they're going to lose this division to WFT. Um, their offense is looking good, though. You know, they're fourth in offense. You know, they're doing some really smart football, uh, efficient football with, with Daniel Jones, right? 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Yards per game is pretty nice at about 270. J.K. Dobbins has had a, a solid season with almost 900 yards at this point in the season um, on the ground. Darius Slayton. Almost 900 yards as well, um, receiving wise. He's really their main target uh, yardage. Ingram right behind him in receptions, and then Galladay, kind of some equal throwing. T- uh, Tony as well as in, or Tony, as you may say, is in the conversation. Um, but they've just lost some games. I feel like that they 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 really shouldn't have lost right in the season. Um, they could have pulled out a win if if they played well enough. They lost to the Rams. Uh, and they gave up 47 points in that game. So it was 47-30, right? You got a struggling Rams team putting up 47 points on you. That's that's not playoff football. You got the Eagles, who that's a divisional team, right? But they put up 33 points on you right there to start off the season. So that, that hurts you. The Cards, who are a phenomenal playoff team, we're going to see them in the playoffs, right? Um, put up 52 points on you. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody's just hanging points on them. Right. And then... You play the two and seven Cowboys, and they put up thirty eight points on you, and you lose thirty eight to nine, right? And that's your most recent loss. So this team is struggling. Um, they're very inconsistent. They haven't found their identity. Well, I wouldn't say they haven't found their identity because their offense honestly plays pretty well, but it's their defense right now that's hurting them as the season goes on, um, and they're struggling to adjust in these crunch, crunch time games. And with the schedule they have coming up, I just don't see them pulling out enough wins to get themselves to the playoffs. They're going to lose more than six games. Um, I don't think there's going to be very many NFC teams that lose more than six games in this conference. So uh, that's why I got to give them my pretender. It's nothing totally against Giants, but when you're getting points hung on you like that in the season and you got some really competitive above 500 teams later down the line, you're, you're mm. just in a bad position to, to get that yeah. playoff push. And that makes sense, man. Exactly. And the, the the numbers that you just – listen, defense wins championships, period. Right. Uh, obviously, you need a little bit of offense because if you don't score and you're playing defense, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so – but defense is going to win championships. So, you know, with that schedule – and like we mentioned when we went over the, the playoff predictions, the Giants is just too inconsistent. They can beat the Vikings – I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying they beat the Vikings or anything like that, but I'm just throwing the team out there. The Vikings was just the first team to because you know people go crazy about these podcasts and stuff. Mm. So I'm saying uh, they could beat the Vikings this week and then lose to the Lions the week after. Right, exactly. They could beat the tough teams, but they may fall to the teams that they probably should be beating. It's just it's a tough road ahead. Yeah, exactly. So. Man, that's 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 a good one. That's a good one. So, contender, man. Um, I'm just I'm I'm gonna ride with the guy that I that I spoke about in the previous podcast, who I had winning the AFC uh, West, who is winning the AFC West. Uh, so, um, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I admit it. But when I'm right, I'm right. <laughs> you feel me? So when I'm right, 
I'm gonna say I'm right. So I, I had a bold prediction that the Chargers would win the division. Right now, the lead is looking sweet. So I'm gonna go with the, uh, the Chargers as as my contender. Right now, they have an easy schedule, so so they basically are gonna walk into the playoffs right now. Um, they got one team. They play the only good team that they could possibly lose to is the Vikings. The rest of the games under 500 teams is their games to lose. If they lose, it's completely on them. Those are all winnable games. I'm not saying those teams are, you know, trash. No disrespect to those teams, but with the way the Chargers are playing, it's just their game, their games to lose. So I got them winning that division and they're going to take this momentum into the playoffs. Just look at this right here. This is just everything I'm about to list recipes for success. So they got a top 10 defense, right? which is uh, if you want to get the ranking, it's like eight or nine to be specific, but top 10 nonetheless. And they've only thrown two intos interceptions this whole season. So Herbert wow. has only thrown two, 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 no suspensions. He's played every single game and he's only gave the ball away twice in nine games. Mm. So he's not giving the other team any opportunities on defense. He's not making any mistakes. And we've seen a guy who makes the least mistakes in the league. How many bowls he got? Six. Mm-hmm. So he got two interceptions on the season, and he's running the ball extremely well. What's his running back's name? James Shelby. And I, yeah, if anybody watched, um, dang, what's the show Shelby's from? Uh, the Shelby family. Anyway, that's what that's what <laughs> I think when I when I think of him. Peaky Blinders. Yeah, there we go. There you go. So. He's just relentless, just like the Peaky Blinders, bro. Relentless. He spreads the ball well. He can catch the ball. Um, he can catch the ball. He can. He can. He can literally do it all. So he got what, like eight hundred uh, yards right now, and and he's leading. And after he touches the ball, he's running you over. He's leading in, in yards after contact. I think he's second behind maybe Derrick Henry, probably. Wow. Right? So he's just looking amazing. Five point one yards per carry. 100 yards per game, got seven touchdowns, four touchdowns in the passing game. So he got seven rushing and four in the passing game. So he's just 11 touchdowns total. He's just the workhorse right now. And with uh, Herbert being that game game manager and taking care of the football, I don't see anyone anyone, uh, stopping him as a contender. I'm not saying he's going to win the ball, but I feel like in the playoffs, he's going to be a contender. He's going to be a problem. If you see him in the playoffs, especially – with the way the AFC is looking, he's, he's going to be that guy, man. That's a really good pick. I think we've, we've both mentioned, like, in the past that we felt like Beast at some point is going to come around, right? Like, we, mm-hmm. we were very unpleased with his season one performance, and it went into season two. Now we're in season three, and he's finally coming around. And honestly, I'm happy to see it because that's a top ten user. I've been sticking to that. He, he is a top ten user. And they was talking crazy about us putting him in the top 10. Right. Look at him. Exactly. And look at what he's doing. And what's what what I really, really like about this is this is a guy that sound like Chris Collinsworth over here, but this is a guy that (laughs) is pretty I'd say dominant in the run game, what we're seeing it right now with Shelby. Like that's been his his scheme, right? The entire time we've seen him in the league. He loves to run the ball, manage football games. He plays a lot of uh, ground and pound type football kind of like what what taco or some other users would do right and we've seen him do that in the past but when you're passing efficiently like you are with herbert and you got two interceptions 
that's phenomenal. You know, he's he's upping his his passing game. The, the passing yards aren't crazy, obviously, because um, he's playing so well balanced of an offense. But that's all you need, right? You just need a quarterback that that can play that balanced offense, just not make any mistakes, manage the game like you said, and is exactly what he's doing. Uh, and it's phenomenal because last season and the season before, Herbert was throwing a ton of picks. Like yeah, 20s. Yeah, like, um, you know, teens, uh, early, late 20s, right? So for him to make this adjustment, play a lot better, I feel like he's starting to make this this personnel scheme on his team fit him. Jalen Ramsey was a huge addition to this team, and I think that's one of the reasons why they're in the top 10 right now. Um, and this is just a team that definitely could be a contender. I'm excited to see what Beast can do in the playoffs, honestly. It'll be his his playoff debut for this cycle, not for this um, the league, but for the cycle. And I'm interested to see what he does to start. But uh, I'm going to move on to my guy. I'm going to keep it in the AFC, right? Uh, we talked about this team earlier. And this is another team that I feel like the personnel is there from the beginning. It just needed to be developed. And a couple of moves here and there got this team to where it finally fit the user's scheme um, into what exactly they wanted to do. And that's the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Teen Titans. You know, mm-hmm. this team has looked really good this season. They bounced back from a 1-6 and six start last season, made the playoffs, won the division for y'all that don't remember. So that kind of tells you where their division's at right now. If you, if you let a team start off 1-6 and six and they still win the division, <laughs> that, that tells you something. But that can't take anything away, though, from, from the Jaguars because they're playing phenomenal. Um, the number one ranked defense right now, right? And it, it, Malibu and the Jaguars have always taken pride in defense. Defense, defense, defense. A lot of man blitzing. Love to shut down the run game. Number one right now versus the run. Um, so this is a, a team that they're fi- that formula that they like to have in previous cycles with certain teams, they're finally making happen and have in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence, 16 touchdowns with only six interceptions on the season. Another quarterback that had about 20-plus interceptions um, previously. Uh, you know, just struggling. I feel like a lot of it came down to some pressure that the offensive line was was allowing. Um, Etn doing his thing as always. Etn has really been like the, the stale horse of this offense from the beginning. Um, just having a really good season, not just in the in the run game, but in in the pass game. He's got already over a thousand yards, all purpose yards to start off the season, um, and five touchdowns. So. That's just a really good job of getting him involved um, and just centering your offense around him. Trevor Lawrence is playing great managed football positions, but at the same time, these these offensive weapons in the passing game. Amari Cooper, um, I feel like is not playing the way he probably should, but he's allowing other guys to get open because of the attraction that he's getting from the defense, right? You know, DJ Chark having a phenomenal season, almost 10 touchdowns within the first 10 weeks of the season. That's incredible, or nine weeks in the season, I should say. So he, right now he's at nine. You got Cyborg, who was a rookie tight end last season, having a really good year, um, definitely having an early start to his career, dominant performance. It's going to get better, I feel like, as the cycle goes on. K.J. Hamler was a, a good addition that this team took on in the offseason, found their little slot receiver, um, a familiar face in, from previous cycles, and he's, he's playing very well. And I just want to touch, touch on this defense again, man. This this – Defense is just phenomenal. Ball hawking defense, forcing turnovers, uh, you know, just putting teams that they face in really bad position. And 
it, when you face a team that just constantly forces turnovers, it's hard to beat them, right? They forced already 17 interceptions and a fumble, 12 sacks on the season. Um, but the reason why they're number one is they've only allowed 146 points, period, throughout the first nine weeks of the season. When you're able to do that, you're able to win football games. And that's exactly what this team is doing. Um, and I expect them to have a very solid season going into the playoffs. You know, uh, the Browns are really the only notable team, I'd say, on the road that they have um, to face. You could, you know, I actually scratch that. There's a couple of solid teams actually on the schedule now that I'm taking a second look at it. Um, Browns on, on, on the road. You got the Panthers at home. You got, you know, the Cards at home to end the season. The Bucks, but they've had a fairly good um, record versus the Bucks in the past, and, and they they face the Texans twice. But in my opinion, I think we might see them sweep the Texans this season. Um, that's a bold prediction. They're going to sweep the Texans this season. So <laughs> this team is looking nice right now. Um, it's nice to see the AFC become so much more competitive than it was at the beginning of this cycle. They've had probably the better playoff games, but seedings and records. In the past, weren't all that great, and we're finally seeing it. This team is going to be a team to watch come playoff time. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to agree with you. Everything you stated, and like we said, plenty of times, man, defense is what wins championships. And Trevor Lawrence and ETN can get it done offensively, and the defense is going to get it done. Um, Malibu's uh, scheme is 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 really unique, and I f- I feel like it just gets him the ball. You know what I mean? He put that yeah. pressure. Yeah, you put that pressure on the quarterback and make him to uh make mistakes, throw off balance, throw on the pressure, and I feel like that's what gets them uh those interceptions. And it's like when they're out there, it feels like other teams can't really figure out what they're doing. You know what I mean? Because he uses different players. He can use the you know the nickel guy, the slot corner, the corner on the outside, the safety. So it's it's, it's a lot of things that he can that he can do defensively that got them ranked number one. So I definitely agree with everything you're saying. And bold prediction, I'm going to piggyback on what you said. He's going to sweep the Texans this season, Mm -hmm. period. (laughs) It's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. So let's get into fact or fiction. That's going to wrap it up for contender or pretender. Uh, Don't get emotional about it. (laughs) You know, we got some guys that flip out. It's it's all good. Uh, let's get into let's get into fact or fiction. Is Taco losing control of the NFC East? So we seen, you know, everybody thought Taco was going to dominate that division. So he won it season one, and then the Giants won it season two. And right now, um, the Giants and the Eagles are now a game behind, and he's dropped some games and split some games with those guys. So, what do you think? Fact or fiction? Is Taco losing control of the NFC East? I wouldn't say losing control, but I'm going to say fact, and I'm going to tell you why. He is not necessarily losing control, but he's allowed these teams to think the way that they're thinking right now because of what he did last season, right? He fell behind, um, allowed the Giants to win the division last season, and now the Eagles and the Giants feel like maybe they have a chance to win this division. To me, mm-hmm. I don't think they do. We already went over the Giants' schedule. Eagles really, Eagles is playing really well at the start of the season. Not to discredit anything from them, but um, they haven't proven enough that they can be a consistent team, right? Um, and, and win some really big games down the line. 
Um, and so Dove not in the picture anymore, right? Billy Baker has just been terrible for them. <laughs> um, but Taco has allowed this division to think that they can compete in this division and stay in the running with him. I feel like he's got to break away from them and show them that, like, hey, no, this is my division, right? I own this division. Y'all may have had a sweet season last season, but that's not going to happen going forward. So that's the only reason why I'm going to say fact. He's losing control mentally, if that makes sense, allowing them to think that they have a shot at winning this division. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. And I'm going to say fact, too. I'm going to say fact. I'm going to say he's not that's, he's not really losing control, but he's also not in control. Yes. Yep. So if if that makes sense, he's losing. He's not losing control. He hasn't lost control, but he's not in control either. So that's why I feel like it's a fact. Everyone thought he'd be in control and completely be dominant in this division, which we haven't seen. He split a lot of games with these guys, which, like you said, has mentally given them the confidence to feel that they can beat him anytime they, they suit up, anytime they hit the field. And confidence plays a big part in, in anything. You know, if you have that mindset, in your, the mind is a very powerful thing. Man. If you have that <laughs> mindset, you know, like your parents used to tell you, whatever you put your mind to, you can do it. Well, unless you're uh, Texans. But oh, no. <laughs> let's say, let's say that for another. Let's let anything you put your mind to, you can do it. So that's what Taco has allowed those guys to feel. And forget about feel. That's what he's allowed them to do. So I just feel like him not being control, it just makes him seem like he's losing control. So I'm gonna say fact also. Yeah. This this defense obviously is one of the better defenses that we've seen, and it's every cycle, no matter what team he has. Right, the defense is always top notch. Um, but I feel like the story so far for this team is offense. Uh, Taco's offense is just not, it's not fearful right now. Like when, when you play him and you don't necessarily worry about having to shut down somebody, it's just the way that he plays offense, right? It's slow, methodical, patient, right? Cause that's his style. And when he plays as great as defense as he does, usually that works pretty well. But right now, um, you know, I feel like people in his division have, either adjusted to it or played better defense versus it. So I would like to see him kind of explode a little bit on offense, get a little bit more explosive, get some other guys really involved, um, kind of break away from that slow methodical and kind of maybe up the tempo a little bit and, and get people uncomfortable. If he can do that, I feel like this division at no point should be competing with him. He's got he's to catch them off their game, in my opinion. He, he Like you said, he's not losing control – but he hasn't necessarily taken control. So I feel like if he can do better offensively and kind of be a little bit more um, disruptive, if you will, versus their defenses, then I feel like this could easily going forward become his division and his division only. Exactly. I completely agree with that. So that's going to wrap it up, man. Great podcast, mid-season podcast. I hope you guys enjoy and – We out of here, man. Holla.